Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thank you for being with me. We're continuing our conversation uh, about the the remarkable uh, leak at the Supreme Court, which uh, Chief Justice Roberts confirmed was uh, an authentic uh, document. It, again, stressed that this was uh, taken from a, a draft opinion. In fact, it says first draft. Uh, it goes back to February, I think February 10th or so, the beginning of February. So we don't know uh, if the opinion, when it finally does come down uh, in the next uh, month and a half or so, we don't know if it'll, you know, the degree to which it will look like the opinion drafted by uh, Justice Alito. Nevertheless, I mean, it looks as though we are finally going to have a restoration of the vigorous, uh, messy, and uncertain debate that America was having about the moral status of the preborn child, about the limits of personal choice, um, and really about what it means or who we include uh, under this idea of we the people. It looks like that debate's going to then come back to the states. We'll continue our conversation about that because uh, we're trying to explore uh, what will be the consequences uh, of this new turn in American uh, moral decision-making. With me right now is Jason Negri. Jason's a lawyer and expert on issues of bioethics. Um, I've asked him to come and join us. He's actually a longtime friend as well. He's a member of the State Bar in Michigan, where he co-founded the Religious Liberty Law Section of the Bar. He's an associate director of the Patients' Rights Council and founder and executive director of the Daniel Coalition. He's authored the booklet, 20 Answers on End-of-Life Issues. We've discussed that book here on Crest in the Afternoon. And you can follow him at jasonnegri.com. And he's also uh, running for the state house uh, for... um, Livingston County, it, what, exactly what is the district that you're in there? It, it's a newly drawn 48th district, so it includes uh, six townships in Livingston and Washtenaw counties. Very good. So you can follow that, too, at negriformichigan.com. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Yeah, it's been a while since we were on the air together like I know. this. So. Too long. <laughs> yeah, it is. I agree. I agree. Well, first question I've been asking people, uh, what went through your mind when you first heard the news about this allegedly, you know, document. Um, I was, I wasn't shocked, I guess, because obviously anybody who's been paying attention to this issue knew that the court was considering the Dobbs decision. Right, right. Um, and, and we knew that at some point in the next couple of months, the decision was going to come out. The fact that the opinion was leaked in the manner that it was, yeah. was actually more shocking to me than the content of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because that, that just does not happen. No. You know, that the justices preserve some degree of uh, cordial confidentiality, even yeah, though yeah. they have serious philosophical differences. Yeah. And to have presumably one of them or one of their staff members go and do something like this uh, really violates that sense that, that the court is supposed to have. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. Whoever's responsible for this uh, has committed uh, a, a such a gross breach yes. of ethics. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually unlawful, but it certainly is, I, yeah, is a breach of ethics. That's what I'm wondering, too. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's, it's criminal. It, because, it might be prosecutable. I honestly don't know. Well, in some, in some sense, it's almost treasonous. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, because the, the Supreme Court has, has maintained, uh, again, for, again, for all strengths and weaknesses, it, it's been able to maintain 
a strong sense of legitimacy Correct. compared to compared to the Congress, compared to the oh, yes. executive branch. It, even, even in the public square, I mean, polls consistently show that while people do not trust their elected officials, yeah. they tend to trust uh, judges and justices. And yeah. the, the level of trust in the Supreme Court itself is pretty high. Yeah. Sure, they're going to yeah. come out with opinions that people disagree with all the time. Right. But right. what matters is the integrity of the body. And that's been, uh, that's been challenged now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, we we need more. We need to reestablish trust in our institutions mm-hmm. if we're going to continue on as a vigorous society. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the uh, how you see the consequences for the state of Michigan. Uh, if this, uh, assuming again that there's. The five or six unelected men are going to restart <laughs> the process that was stopped by seven unelected men to almost 50 years ago. Right. I, I, you know, I got my start in the pro-life movement, uh, as many of us did, with dealing with the issue of primarily of abortion. Mm-hmm. Now, I've moved on now, and most of my focus is on the end-of-life medical yeah. ethics. Yeah. But my, my original start was, was, you know, getting involved in this during college, and the realization you know, I was young and naive back then. I think we all were, you know, really thinking <laughs> yeah. that once Roe v. Wade got overturned, it was actually going to be in the form of a human life amendment or something that actually did a complete 180. And right. instead of allowing abortion throughout the nation with no restrictions permitted by the states, it would actually outlaw abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my position is moderated over the years, and I knew that was too much to, to hope right. or to expect. Right. This is really the best conceivable situation, right? I don't think a human life amendment is possible at right. this point in our, yeah, in our nation's history. Yeah. So sending this discussion back to the states where it belongs legally yeah. uh, is really as this, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. So what does it mean for the various states? Well, some states, Michigan is one of them, have laws already on the books that predate Roe that were automatically struck down as unconstitutional by the Roe versus Wade decision yeah. of 73. Yeah. So assuming that this draft opinion is the real thing, and it is it does wind up being the Supreme Court's determination. Mm-hmm. Then Roe goes away, and all states immediately revert back to whatever the laws they have on the books regarding restrictions on abortion. Yeah. And in Michigan's case, we're one of the most pro-life states out there. Yeah. The laws that we currently have on the books effectively prohibit abortion. Now, you know that the other side is already working very hard to, to try to undermine this. Right. They're actually doing a, a, a citizen's initiative right now to amend the Michigan Constitution to enshrine what they're calling reproductive rights, uh, and, and and far beyond to what it is right now. I mean, it's if you look at what they're looking for in the petitions that yeah. they're circulating, they're looking for completely unrestricted, unabridged New York style uh, laws as an amendment to the Constitution here in Michigan, and that's going to effectively nullify anything that we might be able to do to protect the unborn. Yeah, is there any uh, hint how the people of Michigan feel about such a? a, a an unrestricted law. If polls are to be believed, the people of Michigan, generally speaking, favor some restriction on abortion. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of mirrors the the nation yeah. in this. Yeah, okay. um, people are uncomfortable are are not comfortable with a complete ban on abortion because the difficult situations, the hard cases, tug on people's heartstrings, and they they recognize that they they think there needs to be some type of option. Sure, sure, but. They're also coming to an increasing awareness of the viability and the personhood of the unborn child, and they really hate the idea of abortion being used as a form of backup birth control yeah. You know, yeah. for people who really aren't taking this seriously. Yeah. So what do I think is the end re- result going to be? I think Michigan's going to find itself somewhere in the middle, probably with some reasonable restrictions yeah. on abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this conversation, like you said uh, just a few minutes ago, 
we're going to be restarting those conversations that were effectively aborted by yeah, Rome. That's right. Uh, right. You know, we, we, this, these are the sorts of political decisions that the founders of our nation intended to be hashed out on the state level, not right. the federal level. Right. Um, right. Yeah, if you do find something that, that you deem to be a, a constitutional right, which they interpreted abortion to be, then yes, that makes sense that a constitutional right applies to everybody, regardless of what state you live in. Mm-hmm. But for them to create a right to abortion when it's nowhere in the Constitution, and, and it, even scholars who identify themselves as pro-choice, many of them say that Roe versus Wade was a terrible constitutional yeah. law decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think being able to have that conversation, being able to put reasonable restrictions on abortion to prevent uh, these assaults on what we consider to be unborn human life, right. uh, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think, I think this effort by the other side to amend Michigan's constitution to enshrine uh, these rights uh, you know, as permanent, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to pass. Yeah. Good, good. I don't either. Uh, we'll, again, we'll fight this one out. Yeah, we have to fight it. Um, yes. do, you, do you believe that... Um, uh, the the th- those who favor uh, abortion rights, do you think they are in earnest when they claim that if you uh, eliminate abortion rights, that that is therefore also an attack on um, same same sex marriage uh, and other issues uh, that deal with personal autonomy? As far as the nexus with personal autonomy is concerned, I guess there is a vague relationship there. Um, I do think it's funny that that you know, with the leak of this opinion and and both sides ramping up their rhetoric in the public sphere, suddenly the left has rediscovered that women actually the only ones who can get pregnant. You know, the the the, the mantra for the past couple of months or years has been to kind of blend the genders and yeah, know, right. pretend that men can actually get pregnant. Well, now it's an assault on women because they realize that that actually plays with feminists. Um, so so yeah, sorry, I digress there. Yeah, but funny. I think the I, I think that for people for whom personal autonomy is the most the single most important thing, they're going to try to subsume everything under, under that. that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that's the the approach that they're taking. But I really think that the general public out there is is wising up to this. It just doesn't play anymore. They're trying to fit far too much under this area of personal autonomy, basically saying that anybody can do pretty much whatever they want. Yeah. And people are realizing that you can't have a stable society that way. That's right. It's never worked that way. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I. I, I'm hoping that that becomes uh, clearer and clearer. Uh, you remember the decision uh, of um, uh, Planned Parenthood v. Casey and mm-hmm. that mystery, mystery passage <laughs> that I guess Justice Kennedy wrote, which said the essence of liberty is um, this idea that we all can I mean, it, we define for ourselves. Define for ourselves. What is reality or as, something? Yeah, like that. as as though there's no natural laws, or there's no objective morality. It's a passage which is just hard to imagine uh, an educated man writing. Uh, yes, and yet it was reaffirmed in Lawrence uh, v. Texas as well. Sure, because it, it supported the outcome that the court wanted to have in that yeah. case. Yeah, it's really anarchist when you when you think about it. Yeah. You know, anarchy in the purest sense is just people doing what they think is right to do, regardless of external constraints, regardless of natural law, regardless of positive law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange. Um, When when uh, you're you've been watching this for a long time uh, in the state of Michigan, do you think that the pro life movement in Michigan is uh, 
prepared for this kind of fight right now? Yes, I think they are. I think there's actually there's a brand new uh, group out there, which is a coalition of, of various concerned people, Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children. Uh, it, it's relatively new, and it, it just like it says, it's a coalition of different groups who are united to try to protect both women and their unborn children. And, and the work that they're doing to try to educate people, to try to preserve the, uh, the protective laws that we have on the books right now, um, to, to uh, counteract the efforts of the other side, yeah. uh, I think it's, it's going to be very successful, even more than has been. Michigan Right to Life already has a reputation as being leaders uh, in this area, yeah. and they're taking a prominent role in this new coalition, and I really have high hopes that it's going to be successful. Jason, thanks for Absolutely. being with me today. Uh, again, my guest, Jason Negri. I uh, should mention, too, that he is running for uh, state representative for the 48th District. We'll have him back to talk a little more about that. I'm Al Creston. <laughs>